0: In a few days, we will arrive at the 56th anniversary of the opening of the Second Vatican Council. This meeting of all the bishops in the world is rightly regarded as the most important event in the Catholic Church since the Reformation and the Council of Trent, because it gave the Church the theological tools to engage with the modern era, and to renew herself by drawing from the example of all eras of Christian history, from the Apostles all the way to the liturgical reform. But I'm always saddened when I speak with people about the Council, because the only thing most people associate with it is the fact that the Mass stopped being in Latin, and the priest turned around. In point of fact, the Second Vatican Council never once recommended that the priests stop facing the same direction as the people. And when the Council discussed putting portions of the Mass in the language of the people, they only imagined doing so with the readings and a very small number of prayers. Most of what we associate with the Second Vatican Council is actually the result of post-conciliar liturgical experimentation. Unfortunately the riches of the Council itself remain unexplored and poorly implemented. After extensive study of the documents of the Second Vatican Council during my time in seminary, I came to the conclusion that the greatest gift the Council gave the Church was its rediscovery of the dignity of baptism. Before the Council, holiness was associated with religious vocation, with priests and monks and nuns. But the bishops of the world resolutely and unequivocally reaffirmed that holiness comes primarily from our baptism. It is through baptism that we enter into relationship with Christ and his Church, and it is from baptism that our Christian mission to the world emerges. I think it is worthwhile to quote from the council document Lumen Gentium at length here. It reads, The lay faithful are by baptism made one body with Christ and are constituted among the people of God. They are in their own way made sharers in the priestly, prophetical, and kingly functions of Christ. And they carry out for their own part the mission of the whole Christian people in the Church and in the world. Their pastors know how much the laity contributes to the welfare of the entire Church. They also know that they were not ordained by Christ as pastors to take upon themselves alone the entire salvific mission of the Church toward the world. On the contrary, they understand that it is their noble duty to shepherd the faithful and to recognize their ministries and charisms so that all, according to their proper roles, may cooperate in this common undertaking with one mind. In other words, according to the Second Vatican Council, it is theologically incorrect for us to believe that it is the priest who does all of the work in a parish. Yes, the priest is supposed to guide the community. Yes, the priest has a unique ministry in the community of preaching, celebrating the sacraments, and directing the parish. But the full mission of the Church is carried out by every single baptized person, each in his or her own way. When the priest will not trust anyone else with ministry, or when the parishioners assume that spreading the gospel, counseling people in crises, and other important works are always Father's job, we violate the core teaching of the Second Vatican Council. I say all of this because it relates to Moses' line from our first reading. When two Israelites unexpectedly begin prophesying, he responds, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets! Would that the Lord might bestow his Spirit on them all! My brothers and sisters in Christ, this prayer is my prayer. The deepest desire of my priestly heart is that every single one of my parishioners would be a disciple who follows Jesus above all things and carries out the mission of the church in his or her daily life. And it is for this reason that I absolutely believe that every single one of our parishioners must have a ministry. Many already do. Some perform acts of social justice, like visiting jails or helping with the food bank, or participating in 40 Days for Life in front of Planned Parenthood. Others teach faith formation, or help with youth ministry, or assist with baptismal preparation. And still others serve the parish by maintaining the landscaping, or helping with big events, or counting the collection each week, or participating in liturgical ministries. And still more engage in ministry in unseen ways, by counseling their friends, caring for loved ones, or bringing the light of Jesus into dark corners that go unrecognized by the world. In each case, these Christians have found a way to live out their baptism by participating in their own way in the mission of the Church. Every parishioner should have a ministry. I will admit Beyond the theology, I partly say this because I'm selfish. I sincerely want our parishes to succeed, and I know that I cannot carry out the entire parish mission by myself. If I did not have dozens of very dedicated volunteers already helping with every aspect of parish life, our communities would collapse in a matter of days. But there are still so many more opportunities, so many ministries, that I have been unable to fill adequately. Our parishes do need every single parishioner to help in some way. But far more important than my institutional concerns is my desire that every single one of our parishioners be holy. I want every single member of our parish to have a ministry because I know that living out our baptism through mission is essential if we want a profound and fulfilling relationship with Jesus. It was when I started preaching the gospel and serving my community as a high school kid that my faith really began to blossom. And I want every single parishioner to experience the same growth in faith. Far more than a responsibility to help our parishes and communities, each of us has a right to participate in the mission of Christ and his church, because each of us has a right to know Jesus. When we join Jesus in his mission of preaching and service, we come to know him in a deep and profound way. So please, pray about your ministry. Ask the Lord how he wants you to live out your baptism, and how you can best join him in mission. Maybe you are already doing what Jesus is calling you to do. Or, maybe you feel a pull to try out something new, to reshuffle your priorities, to volunteer, maybe in a parish ministry. If you feel that pull, it is my responsibility as your priest to help you find a home. To help you exercise your right to carry out the mission of the church. Please, do not hesitate to email me or chat with me about opportunities in our parish. Or just call Leslie in the office. I'm sure she has a list. In our baptisms... Each of us was united to Christ, to his resurrection, to his divinity, and even to his mission of salvation. I hope and I pray that every single one of us feels empowered and welcomed to live out the great gift of our baptism, so that we can continue to be united to Jesus in all things, more and more every day, as the Second Vatican Council envisioned.